0: Well, welcome again. It's great to have you in worship, whether you're here in the house or in your house online, it's good as we gather to worship the Lord. And uh, we are in the series Seven Signs of John, and this morning we're looking at the royal official's son in John chapter 4. And as you're getting there, John chapter 4, verses 46 through 54, I'd just like to remind you as we're going through this uh, series on the seven signs of John, that a sign for John is not just a miracle, but also a miracle with a message. And I've challenged each of us to think of at least four different things, which is, what does the story say about people? What does the story say about Jesus? What does the story say to me? And who else needs to hear this message of hope. And so I hope you'll do that this morning and throughout the course of the week. And so we are in John 4, 46 54. Once more, Jesus visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. And the royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. The father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he went to his household and all believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well... As I said, we're looking at this, the second sign in John. Every time John gives us a little sort of picture, a portrait of someone with Jesus that is uh, beautiful. First, I want to start out with something a little humorous. I heard about this man who uh, was in his house and the flood waters begin to come and there was all kinds of flood warnings. And so uh, he was worried there was water around his house and it was rising. And a neighbor came by with a canoe and a neighbor asked him if uh, he wanted a, a ride out of there. And the man said, "No, nope. I prayed to God and I'm waiting for a miracle. And so the guy with a canoe, rode on down the river, and the waters kept rising, and so the man went up to the second floor of the house, and the waters were fierce, and the man was praying, and then along comes uh, a rescue boat, and the rescue boat invited him to come in, and the man said, no, no, I prayed for God for a miracle, and so I'm waiting for that miracle, and the man went on his way, and then finally, the waters got so high that the man had to get up on the roof of the house and he's praying there and his helicopter came by the Coast Guard and with the loudspeakers asked him if he wanted to get uh, carried up off of the roof and the man said, no, I'm, I'm waiting for a miracle and uh, sadly enough, the water swept the man away and he ended up at heaven's pearly gates and he gets to the pearly gates, there's Jesus waiting for him. And the man said, Lord, you know, I prayed for a miracle, and what happened? And Jesus looked back to him and said, I sent you a canoe, a boat, and a helicopter. What were you thinking? You know, we all pray for miracles sometimes, and as I look at this story this morning... I'm reminded of sometimes our desperate need for a miracle, and so I invite you back into this story this morning, and we're told that this man, who's a royal official, had a desperate need, and the desperate need was his son was very, very sick. And so there's a couple things that I want us to think about as we look at this to understand the story most, and the first thing is that this person... People believe the royal official was probably an official of Herod Antipas who was a very cruel person to the Jews, really an enemy of the Jews in many respects. And so this official comes to Jesus, and uh, he comes from probably a day's journey away from Capernaum down to Canaan, Galilee, where Jesus did his first miracle, his first sign, which was turning the water into wine at the wedding. And the man is desperate. And he goes to Jesus with what I would say is a God-sized need. And he's desperate. No one can heal his son, and we're told his son is near death. You can only imagine what he felt like because he had to walk all that way to Jesus a day's journey to leave his son, whom he loved, who he knew was desperately sick. But this was the only way. He'd given up on all other forms of cure. And so he comes to Jesus, and he asks Jesus to heal his son. Now, it's interesting because Jesus, at first, when you look at this, says, unless you people, Jesus is not just talking to this man, he's talking to the whole crowd. Unless you see signs and wonders, you will never believe. But the man was not deterred by that because he was desperate. He had a God-sized need. And so he said, please, Lord, come heal my son. And it's interesting because Jesus looks at this man with compassion. Even though that he was an official of um, Herod Antipas, even though he was sort of an enemy of the Jews, Jesus saw the, the need to man. It was a God-sized need. And this morning, I wonder in our own lives, have you ever been a place in your life where you've had a God-sized need? Anyone besides myself? And you just don't know what else to do but to go before the Lord. Every other avenue has just not worked out, and you have to go to God, and you just plead uh, to God for the answer. And I remember someone once told me, said, you know, I pray that you look at me (laughs) and everyone comes to the place in life where the only way out is you have to go to God. And I've been there myself a few times. You go to God with a God-sized need. And that's exactly what this royal official did. And the next thing is this man comes to Jesus And he has a God-sized prayer. And I want you to notice for a moment that after Jesus pushes back, it sort of challenges his faith, if you will. The man says, please come heal my son. And notice it's a simple prayer, isn't it? I mean, sometimes when we think of a God-sized prayer, we think maybe it's a long, eloquent, theological, I don't know, philosophical prayer just right. And that's not true. This man comes with a desperate plea to Jesus. And sometimes the best prayers are, hey, help me God, right? <laughs> or just whispering the word Jesus, because that's maybe the greatest prayer that we can ever have. A God-sized prayer. And a God-sized prayer isn't how focusing on how big our problem is. It's focusing on how big our God is. And I love that. Not how big our problem is, but how big our God is. And not how long our prayer is, but how full of faith at our heart is our prayer as we come before the Lord. And as you maybe face some of the God-sized needs in your life, I wonder, do you come sometimes with a God-sized prayer? Now, once again, it isn't how big our faith is. Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a tiny mustard seed, you can say, move to this mountain it will move from here to there not because we move it but because god moves it and that's what this man believed and it's interesting isn't it, as you as you look at this and then the last thing there is a god-sized answer now if you look at this closely what happened here the man's prayed come heal my son and what did jesus say go your son is healed Jesus didn't answer the prayer exactly like the man thought it should be answered. The man wanted Jesus to go to his son personally, to go with him, and to heal his son who lay sick back about a day's journey away. And he had to have a step of faith literally as he walked away from Jesus, believing that Jesus had answered his prayer. And what a challenge. All of his desperation was sort of uh, filled up in that Jesus would come to him But Jesus challenged him and said, go, your son lives. And I think many times in our own lives, we have a conception of what the answer to our prayer looks like. But God's answer is different and even greater. And so this man literally, step by step, had to believe that Jesus had answered his prayer. And then a day later, he had to walk all night long. About one o'clock in the afternoon, his servants are running to him. And they say, your son lives. And the man asked what time it had happened. And they said around one o'clock in the afternoon. And he realized it's the very time that Jesus had said, go, your son lives. And he went home joyfully to see his son. And he and his whole household believed. And it's uh, it's beautiful, too. I think when you look at this God-size answer, uh, there's sort of a journey of faith there. And the first step maybe in that journey of faith is that many times in our lives God allows things to come into our life that we can't solve ourselves. It's bigger than ourselves and we know it. And so we're we're desperate for God and we are challenged to come to God desperately with a god-sized prayer, with a god-sized need. And then we have a God-sized prayer, which is trusting that only God has the answer for our prayer. And when we are desperate, we sort of throw aside some of the eloquence and things like that. And we just said, Jesus, please help me. And it's amazing how effective those prayers are. But then notice, step by step, we have to go to the next thing and to recognize the answer to the prayer. And as we see the answer to the prayer, we step by step share it with our family and all of us grow in faith. If you look at your life today, or maybe even the past and for encouragement for the future, where are you with God-sized needs? I mean, it might be an illness. It might be the loss of a loved one. It might be a financial challenge or relationship difficulty. Do you this morning have a God-sized need? So come to Jesus, trusting and believing that Jesus alone can answer your prayer. And then just say a prayer believing that it is faith in Jesus that makes all the difference. Then look for a God-sized answer and sometimes realize that answer is different than what you might have thought it would be. I've felt some God-sized answers in my own life and sometimes they're just simple moments. I remember sometimes when Savannah, my daughter, had had a Fever was very high. I remember one time it was 103. It was right at sort of the threshold. And I was desperate. I tried all the time, all the other stuff called. And I called to my sister in the middle of the night because it was just like kept going up and up and up. And she said, well, she said, um, you know, pray. <laughs> We're going to pray together, which we did. And she said, put her in a cold bath water. She's not going to like it, but she's got to do it. And if that doesn't work, take her to the ER room. And, man, I was moving and praying at all the same time and so thankful that God answered that prayer, but you just get desperate, and it's not how eloquent, you just say, Jesus, help me, and uh, there's some beautiful moments in life, when I look around, I was thinking about the movie Breakthrough, I don't know anyone has ever seen the movie Breakthrough, it's a true story, it happened of this boy, who was 12 years old, down in St. Louis during the wintertime, in the St. Louis area, and I remember seeing it on the news, and I saw this great movie that was a reenactment of it, and this boy by the name of John was out playing on the ice with his two friends, and the ice broke through. And two of the boys uh, were able to get on the ice and rescued, and this boy, John, 12 years old, uh, drowned. And they called the fire department, all the first responders, and it was 14 minutes until the first responders arrived there. But they were, just said, we're going to do everything we can. And so they went out there, and uh, they had the special uh, suits they were wearing, and this man was out there. And people were praying, and he had this, like, 25-foot pole. He's going around and just thought, man, there's just no way this kid's alive. And he, he hears a voice to go back, and uh, he thinks it's, it's his uh, commander's on the, on the shore there. And so he's, what? It's away from where the breakthrough was, and so he, he keeps going, and he feels something, and then uh, he pulls it up with his pole, and it's the boy. And they take him to the shore. They're doing CPR, they did CPR all the way to the ER room, and called the, the mom, the mom's uh, there, they're all praying, and, uh, and uh, finally, uh, they just gave up the CPR. The doctor comes in, and he's going to tell the mom, the mom says, well, wait, I just want to pray, and so she prays, and all of a sudden, bam. His heart starts beating again, the doctor just like can't believe it and and so he doesn't wake up, but his heart is beating and so uh, the next day is there's just he's um, fighting for his life and he's not awake. he's in a medically induced coma there's an infection raging in his uh, in his body, and the doctor just begins to lose hope and of course the whole medical staff fell in love with his family and uh, finally, the doctor just says, "I just don't think it's going to happen and the mom says, "Listen." Let's do this. Let's go ahead and take him off the medically induced coma. And the doctor says, "I think he's going to pass right then." And she says, "Well, we're just going to pray, and then we're going to take him off." And so they pray, and uh, they take him off the medically induced coma, and he wakes up, and just like this miracle, and in and this beautiful story, he uh, regains his uh, life, fully healed, and just an amazing moment and you just rejoice with this parent knowing that how much she loved her son and, uh, and think about that moment. But I know there's other times maybe where we have a desperate prayer and the answer isn't what we thought it would be. And I think of the story of Joni Erickson Tada. Do you know Joni Erickson Tada? Great story. And I think she was 14 when she dove off this uh, uh, sort of cliff into the water and she hit her head and she instantly became a quadriplegic, and she was in the hospital, praying for a miracle, of course, as we all would. And her friends were praying too, and some one of her friends put up a plaque at the bottom of her bed that said, God, is make a hedge around you. And she had to stare at every day, she said. And she prayed that she would be healed miraculously, and then she later testified she wasn't healed. But as she looked at that, plaque that said, God will make a hedge around you. She said, sometimes God does things in our life where the only thing we can do is to look up. That's the hedge, we can only see God. And she never received the healing. She remains a quadriplegic to this day, but God did healing in her life by her own account. That changed her life dramatically. She always had a great faith, but her faith transformed her and, and she became um, an artist. She paints using a, a paintbrush in her in her mouth. She's able to paint. And you just wouldn't believe the paintings that she does. She's also an author. She's written numerous books. And she's a speaker. And God never answered the prayer exactly the way that she wanted it. But God did answer the prayer in an even greater way according to her own testimony. So sometimes God does that. And step by step, just like that man who had to walk step by step back to his son, believing that God was working a miracle, sometimes God answers prayers in ways that we never even would know. I love that scripture verse that Terry read earlier from James 5.16 that says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And that's one of the prayer verses I have on top of my prayer list every day. Every morning, I try to do a prayer list for folks in the church and needs across the world. And it's one of the verses that I read. It's not just a verse, it's a, it's a promise that I hold on to. Um, that it's not my prayer, but it's a prayer that goes up to God. And we have to believe, we have to trust God, and sometimes we're just desperate. And we know the person we come to is Jesus. And maybe that's why those needs come into our hearts and lives and even to, into our world, that we look up to God and that we trust God has the answer for us. So today, wherever you are with that God-sized need, and if you don't have one now, maybe you will in the future or remember the way that God met a need in the past and that will strengthen you for faith in the future and a word of faith and hope that you can share with someone else who's in a place because there's nothing like having a friend who's been there and the Lord has touched their life. We'll close with uh, another example uh, that I love, and I was thinking about this, which is that um, a number of years ago, right around this time of year, it was the beginning of March, uh, the tornado, actually two tornadoes, ripped through Henryville. and I, I know Don's parents were down there, and it was just heartbreaking, the devastation that took place. Uh, amazing uh, that uh, the, most folks were okay, even though everything was destroyed. But I went down with a number of folks to work in the in the town after it, the tornado had gone through. And uh, we worked on a, on a home, and we worked on the Catholic Church that was down there. It was amazing to listen to, like the priest's story and other people's story. And it was, happened to be the first day that the diner was open. It's like one diner at a time. <laughs> and they opened it up, so it was like this bustling, you know, it was like a little uh, newsstand and a little uh, uh, you know, small grocery store, and it was also a little restaurant. And so uh, it was one of those ones where you sit down you know, the bar and the, the short order cook makes the food on one side, and you're right there. And so you talk, and so this, this uh, young woman was behind this uh, counter, and we told her. We were from this church coming down to work there, and so she began to tell stories of, of, of what had happened, you know, because we asked her, hey, you know, where were you? Where was your family? Where were the people? And, and so she was sharing these different stories. And she shared the story of this one boy, and I sat in the Uh, sort of the memorabilia, photo book afterwards, and this one boy was with his grandparents, and this tornado was coming, and so uh, they ran to the shelter, which was this um, metal uh, half-circle barn, you know, this kind of, kind of looked like a military barracks. Not a great place to be in a tornado, but it was the best they had. So they ran in there and closed the door, and then they prayed and, and, uh, you know, held this boy, and afterward, there's a news reporter there asking this uh, grandmother and this little boy and grandfather about the experience. And uh, the little boy, as they asked him what happened, he says, well, you know, I was really scared. I could hear the tornado and, the, you know, all of the thunder and roar of these winds. But I felt my grandmother and my grandfather holding on to me. I felt their arms around me. And I, I, felt, I felt safe. And the grandmother said, well, we're glad you felt safe, but it was just me that had my arms around you because your grandfather was holding the doors closed from the barn, so the wind would tear it off. And he said, no, I felt, I felt two sets of arms around me. And, and the grandma said, well, you know what? I just must be the angel of the Lord that was there to answer our prayers. And sometimes we're in that desperate moment and God does amazing things because maybe God puts us in places where we have a God-sized need, and then we have a God-sized prayer, and it may just be a tiny mustard seed of faith, but God can do amazing things with that because it's not how big our problem is, but it's how big our God is, and then a God-sized answer. So today, whatever you're going through, or maybe a friend is going through, Go with them and just meditate on this and realize that this guy who was maybe even an enemy of uh, Jesus' friends was desperate enough and Jesus looked through his need and in his great love for him met his need and God will do the same thing for each of us today and oftentimes in a different way than we would have thought, but it will be a God-size answer. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, as we think about this story, where you met a desperate man's need to heal his son. We are so thank you, that you love us and you care about us. And when we come to you, we can trust that you will answer our prayers, even though sometimes they're not in the way that we would think. So help us to trust you. Help us to go to you in prayer, knowing that you love us. We pray this in Christ's name. And all God's people said, amen.